everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. And if you've been with us this month so far, um, we've been discussing a variety of different things, including self-care, and also have just launched into a conversation on accountability, um, really recognizing that the two of those go hand in hand. Um, last week, we talked a lot about just how to find a safe accountability person, someone that's a good fit, someone that's in a good season, someone that's just in a healthy place. Um, and today we're going to just be shifting gears, continuing in our conversation of accountability, about how to be a safe accountability mm-hmm. person. And I think often sometimes we'll be discussing this, but sometimes we learn how to do it well from people or situations when it's not been done mm-hmm. so well. So. Yes, unfortunately that is true. Yeah. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, a Mercy graduate and current staff member here at Mercy, Chelsea. Chelsea, we are always so happy to have you on the show. Yes. It's always good to be a guest here at Mercy Talk. Well, Chelsea, you know, I know that you've had some experience in this whole area of accountability, great experiences, not so great experiences. And as Jen said, you know, when we're talking about how to be a a safe and healthy accountability person, like Jen said, sometimes we learn by how we've seen it gone wrong. Yeah. So just any thoughts as we kick off today, just on what you've seen, what you've experienced and what you've learned Yes, I often tell people that I am most passionate about the things that I've done wrong or the things that have been done wrong to me. Mm -hmm. And um, this is one of them. I think that I walked into a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling and thinking that just because this person is a therapist or just because this person is a Christian, then that Mm -hmm. they're going to make a good accountability person Mm -hmm. or they're going to make a good counselor or a therapist. And I found out the hard way that that really isn't true. Just Mm -hmm. because someone is in a helping profession doesn't Mm -hmm. really qualify them to be a good godly helper. And um, I saw that take place in multiple relationships. And it wasn't all the accountability person's Mm. fault. I was codependent. I was a victim. I didn't really want to change. And so those things came down on me. But at the same time, the accountability person wanted to be a rescuer. They wanted to be the one that saved me, not supported me. And boundaries were Hmm. non-existent, Mm -hmm. non-existent. And as much as I did wrong, it's the accountability person's responsibility to make sure the boundaries are set. So I think those three things were the biggest negative impacts on those relationships. And they all ended devastatingly. Hmm. I'm super passionate about that and about seeking out the appropriate accountability and making sure that's right and taking your time in that. And it's okay. Like your problems will still be there. Whatever you want to be held accountable (laughs) is still going to be there. But you want to make sure if you have the right person that, you know, they're going to be gone at the end of this relationship and not having more things to unpack at the end. Right. That's right. That the accountability relationship doesn't actually compound the issues at hand. It Mm -hmm. actually helps alleviate and shift you into a place of freedom. That's a really good point. Very important. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That is very important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We like it. Okay. So, Chelsea, can you tell me if there was a theme at all in how those relationships were set up initially? Yeah, absolutely. I I was struggling with um, PTSD, which mm-hmm. is post-traumatic stress disorder. I was self-harming. I was in a really horrible place, and a lot of people were really concerned and worried mm-hmm. about me and about my safety, and rightfully so. And so it was just kind of like this emergency someone helper and mm. people kind of jumping in headfirst, really right. with no experience, no thought, no prayer, just like someone needs help. I want to help somebody Mm -hmm. and jumping in. And um, I think ultimately what it came down to is that this was more about religion than it was about relationship. It was more of 
checklist Christianity of, hey, this is a good thing that I can do that makes me a better Christian instead of being like, this is an individual who needs love and this is going to be a really hard thing. And you step into that in a very selfless manner if you're going to do accountability. And if there is any self-seeking, anything that's going to, any self-righteousness, anything like that, then it is not going to be a good thing and you're not going to be able to do it. That's so good. I mean, I just think about how much we've talked about being a healthy helper over the last few weeks and just the importance of being in a place spiritually, emotionally, where you're healthy in and of yourself before you start going out and trying to help other people. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have to be perfect or have no problems. It just means that there has to be a level of health and wholeness to your life before you can really step into that that place. And so, especially today as we're talking about how to be a safe accountability person, it's almost like I just want to refer people back to the last, you know, however many weeks of podcasts where we've just been talking about the importance of being We've been saying how to be a healthy helper, but I mean, mm-hmm. it could absolutely translate into how to be a healthy accountability partner. Absolutely. Same difference. So um, I just feel like that as as you've shared that, man, I can think about seasons of my life where, you know, I've, I was getting a lot of just kind of validation mm-hmm. and getting even a lot of my own identity from being a helper. And there was part of me, you know, especially when I was younger as a youth pastor, like I loved that there were moms who were coming up to me saying, I don't know what my daughter would do without you in her life. And, you know, I mean, I did care about the girls. It wasn't like I didn't care about them, but there was also a significant right. piece of my own validation and self-worth that was coming from that. And and I didn't recognize it at the time, mm-hmm. but it's a good question to be asking yourself is like, am I actually whole in and of myself apart from this? Because then when I know that I am, I can, I can move into a place of being an accountability person from a very, very selfless place and it's all about the other person and their health and their wholeness and not about me receiving out of it myself right or feeling the need to be right because mm-hmm. I think there's that challenge too that I've seen in different accountability where um, I there's somehow almost a lording over or yeah. I have it um, locked down a little more than you do or there's almost a less than kind of a thing and just how hurtful that can end mm-hmm. up being especially you know when people are saying and doing things not out of a place of wisdom or being spirit led but out of their own brokenness and when you're already working with someone who's trying to overcome brokenness it mm. just it's just a bad bad <laughs> bad thing <laughs> not go well just. it goes back to the why behind the what and mm-hmm. and really why are you helping this person if if it comes out of a place of validation out of it feels really good to be needed at times. Mm-hmm. It feels really good to be needed. And if you're not getting that in other relationships, it's really easy to step into a helping relationship yeah. where you're like, man, finally someone who appreciates what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. And if that's your motivator, then it's not going to end well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's the difference between enabling someone, because if you enable them, they continue to have the problem. They continue to need you. Right. But if you empower them, you know that they're going to overcome this and then they're going to move on mm-hmm. and they're not going to need you the same. And that's got to be the goal in the end is I want this person to not need me. And then right. you empower them and they move on. So in, in the sense, you want to do so well that you're working yourself right out of that position yeah. is the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, you know, I just think some really practical questions to ask yourself. You know, if you are considering stepping into the role of an accountability person for someone is just, first of all, as we've already mentioned, are you in a healthy place emotionally and spiritually if you're not sure ask the people who are closest to you (laughs) they might be able to help you out with that one you know I mean but just truly are the other you know people in your life in agreement with you for Mm -hmm. like yes I think that's a great thing for you to be able to step into or you know what like 
Hmm. <laughs> like if there's any of that coming from Long the people pause. who are closest, <laughs> you might want to ask if this is the right time and place for you, you know. But also, like what you were saying earlier, Chelsea, just are you able to actually set boundaries? Are you able to say no? Are you able to, as we talked about last week, not be intimidated if there's pushback or if there's defense that comes up from mm-hmm. the person that you're helping? And then even just, is this something that you are seeking to fill some sort of void in your own life? Is like you said, Chelsea, like, I'm not really, I don't feel needed by the other people in my life. So, but here's a relationship where I am, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's where we're coming from, this is not probably going in a good direction. And so just some really practical questions to ask yourself. And I think too, we talked about last week, but even just really gauging where your life is at, Mm -hmm. just even seasonally. You know, if you've got to move or you're getting married or, you know, and sometimes changes come and we have no idea they're coming. But if you foresee right. in the foreseeable future that something like that's coming, you may really want to gauge whether or not this is something that it's good timing. Mm-hmm. Whether you're the healthiest person on the planet and the best accountability person, if you are getting ready to get married, life is getting ready to change. Mm-hmm. And so just being really honest. And I think that's really, in my opinion, what's really at the root of all of this. Like, how honest are you willing to be with yourself? about what you're getting from this relationship, if it's a good season, if you're in a healthy place yourself, that there's just that real place of introspection before you even step into something yeah. like this to go, do I really have what it takes? And if not, that's great. Keep working on what you do and you will get to a place where you have more to give, but not you know, circumventing your own process to get around to helping mm-hmm. someone else because it won't help you or them. In fact, it will actually probably be a hindrance on both ends, which is just not worth it. I think something that I often, often say that I learned from Mercy is mm-hmm. that my counselor, while I was a resident at Mercy, never tried to rescue me. Mm-hmm. She always took me to Jesus yeah. and she saw and she implanted this in me that the broken go to the healer. Mm-hmm. And our magnificent job is to take the broken individuals that's to right. the healer. And that's what our, that's what our role is in accountability. Mm-hmm. It's not to be the one who saves but just to support them and sometimes just holding their hand and, mm-hmm. and taking them to the Lord. And that often looks like just prayer or things that I look for now when I'm looking for accountability, because I don't think I'll ever stop looking for accountability. It right. just shifts as seasons mm-hmm. shift. But I look for someone who has the same core values as me. Mm-hmm. If if somebody doesn't believe that something is wrong that I truly believe is wrong, then they're probably not going to be really good to hold me accountable because <laughs> right, right. it doesn't really matter to them. So yeah. having same core values. Absolutely. Um, and then I will take my time in this. If I watch somebody in relationship with others and listen to how they speak about others, if mm-hmm. somebody is constantly speaking good about someone, that is somebody you want on your side because yeah. the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if that person's going to be speaking life over you or speaking truth over you, even if it isn't visual, mm-hmm. it, visible to others around you, even if you don't see that in yourself at that time, but if they're going to speak that, then that's someone you want on your side. But if it's someone who's going to talk negative or say negative things about someone, that's probably mm-hmm. a good red flag that they're not a person that you want in your corner at that time in life. That's um, really good. Even in later years, like there was a season you needed accountability and you still do, I'm sure, to some degree. But you've also started to serve in that way to others. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what that transition was like? And especially coming out of some relationships where you're like, that was just not done well. Like we said, we often learn from it not being done well. What are some things that you have carried even more passionately that you as an accountability partner do differently? I am very passionate about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I stepped into a role as a counselor at a residential treatment facility for teenage girls. And a lot of these teenage girls did not have 
an affectionate mother in their lives or some of them were sex offenders or just there were very, very confused boundaries on what physical mm-hmm. boundaries should look like. So even giving hugs and things like that was a very strict boundary for some of these girls. And I had to set that and I had to step in that place of authority, loving authority to say, hey, we're not going to do that. Like, that's not OK. Or knowing what topics are off limits mm-hmm. and making that very clear to them and doing that right off the bat has that was a huge thing to set me up in a a successful place of accountability and then also waiting and being patient for for my girls to be ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And they they will come to you when they're ready to talk about something. I didn't have to push them. I didn't have to pressure them. They came with a file for me. So we knew what the issues were. We developed a treatment plan. They knew their treatment plan. They participate in developing that treatment plan. And I think the same thing for accountability. They, the person who you are going to hold accountable has to be a part mm-hmm. of the plan of, mm-hmm. okay, where do we go? Where Where is the end goal for this? And they know what that is. You know that they know what that is. So they will come to you mm-hmm. when, they're, when the time's right and just not putting too much pressure on mm-hmm. something, asking those hard questions. But if they're not ready to answer, be patient. So ultimately it's trust. Like I trust the Lord has this person. So the, having that boundary of, you know, I'm not going to be your constant person to come rescue and that comes to the codependency of of do you need to be a rescuer are you are you running out to save them every hour of the Mm -hmm. night because that's one it's codependency and it's rescue mentality and it's breaking boundaries yeah Mm -hmm. and are you willing to let them fail sometimes yeah because sometimes when we face plant I have found either either in my own face planting or as a counselor that sometimes it's that last face plant that really does the job to go, Mm. wow, I don't want this anymore. But if I jump in and enable and try and rescue, I'm actually keeping them from that final face plant that makes them go, oh my gosh, that really is not what I want in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. But because I ran in and saved them, that failure didn't actually serve its purpose Mm -hmm. and what the Lord actually wanted to do through it. And that's hard stuff hard Mm -hmm. when you really care about people and you want so Mm -hmm. badly for them to not make bad choices and you don't want that to happen for you to be able to draw that requires a lot of emotional strength Mm -hmm. Um, and just like we've already said a lot of wholeness in the part of the helper to be able to allow them to make their own choices but it just seems to me that in these accountability relationships it almost has to be driven more by the person being held accountable than the person, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like we've said so many times, if the person that you are helping or holding accountable, if you want their healing and their wholeness more than they do, Mm -hmm. then this is not going to a good place. Mm -hmm. And so once you find yourself in a position like that, just having to know when to say, Hey, listen, I feel like I'm driving this thing. I don't know. You know, I mean, just to be able to have those hard conversations and confront that kind of thing is is hard, but it's the only way to keep it in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you look at the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 and you apply that to an accountability relationship, it kind of helps you have a clear idea of how to love an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't say you have to be there constantly, but it does say to hold no records of wrongs. Mm-hmm. So when they do make a mistake, you don't go, well, are you sure? Because you made a mistake last time. Right. But you just, you love unconditionally and you let things go and you keep moving forward. doesn't mean that you have to be the person that stops them or the one that rescues them, yep. but you just love them. And am I persevering? Am I always hoping? Am That's I being good. patient? Am I being kind? Am I being selfless? And when you go through those things and you compare that like a checklist to what you're doing in that relationship, you can really tell, okay, mm-hmm. am I being a good, loving accountability or 
is there something that's self-seeking in this? Is yeah. there something that I could be doing better? I think if we continue to do that, you just, you improve and you move in that relationship and you watch an individual, if nothing else, they're going to learn what a loving Absolutely. relationship can look like. That's so good. So Chelsea, I wonder if you could share even from your experience of being held accountable, but also being an accountability partner, when do you kind of know when that relationship comes to an end or when it's time to sort of seal it up and maybe move on to someone else or, you know, just the ins and outs of relationship? Because I think I think we've done well discussing how to know and if you are and all those things. But I think there's even the starting and the ending of that relationship itself that can kind of feel like, OK, am I am I done here? Like how do even that transition sometimes can be hard. Do you have any thoughts on that side of things? Yes. Uh, so I think of there, there's two different ways that accountability starts. One, because it has to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. or two, because you really want to. And if you are an accountability partner and you're an accountability person helping someone and someone has kind of been pushed into that relationship, there's still an awaiting for them to come along. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's been pushed into a helping relationship with you, I think it's really important that you earn that person's trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. um, and if you want to do that, just earning your right to speak into their life and then they'll come around to the, the want. And if they mm-hmm. don't, then that's when it's time to close that book mm-hmm. of saying, yep. you know, if, if the time comes around that wants this accountability, I'm here and I would love to do that. So that's kind of a start and an end might be, they just don't want help or you just don't have the same core beliefs as them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then second, they want to. So they come to you knowing exactly this is what I want to be held accountable for. Focus on what they're willing to mm-hmm. talk about. That's good. And then you just don't feel like you have what they need moving them on to someone who has experience with this mm-hmm. or recommending that and moving that forward it's more loving to say no than mm-hmm. it is to try to walk out that relationship because it can be harmful yeah i feel like you know before we kind of wrap up this topic it's really important for us to kind of draw the distinction here between people who, you know, as believers and as people in the body of Christ, at some level, we're called to accountability to one another. That's right. And so that's something that every last person on the planet who calls themselves a follower of Christ should have in their life. They should have relationships and friendships with people who are allowed to speak into their life. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, like if if I see that one of my closest friends who is a follower of Jesus and I know shares those values you know, is struggling with something, then as a good friend of that person, then it is my responsibility yeah. to lovingly and full of grace and compassion bring those things to the table. That's not specifically what we've really been talking about today. We're talking about more of those situations where someone has a very specific, you know, struggle that they're mm-hmm. working through in their life and you have been called upon to be an accountability person for that for that person or they've come to you asking for that. Or maybe it's you, like you're really specifically struggling with something in your life and you need someone to come mm-hmm. alongside you in a pretty intense way at serve as an accountability partner. Right. And so just, I just wanted to be sure that we draw the distinction. It doesn't mean that if you've got close spiritual friendships in your life that you can't, you know, stand up and mm-hmm. maybe call things out. And those people that you are in relationship with yes. that you know have a desire to follow the Lord. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure that we draw those distinctions because... What we are talking about is very specifically for those seasons of life where you are really struggling or you mm-hmm. know someone who's really struggling and needs someone to step into that that position for them. Mm-hmm. And I would say, too, even just the other practical piece of takeaway, I think for anyone listening, are two huge resources that I know that we often encourage our accountability people to read and be mm-hmm. a part of. The first, of course, is Good Old Boundaries mm-hmm. by Cloud and Townsend. I think every... <laughs> 
human being should probably read and re-read. take notes. Yes, multiple re-read. times. I read it a couple <laughs> times. So I'll probably read it again. <laughs> so Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. And another teaching that we have all of our accountability people um, listen to or watch is there's an accountability teaching by Charles Stanley. And if you actually search accountability teaching by Charles Stanley, it will come up. And it's just a really practical just a good one. I mean, Charles is great anyway, mm-hmm. but on that topic, it's just a really, it's a really good resource just yeah. to look up, especially if you're like, okay, what is accountability and what does that look like for me? Hopefully those last two weeks has gotten, you know, the wheels turning in that, but I think it could be also a great addition to Absolutely. just this topic and this conversation. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, your input is just so deep and wise and helpful and mm-hmm. just from an experiential standpoint. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Sure. So in August, we are going to be shifting gears. And I'm actually really excited because we are going to be talking through really beginning the seven keys to freedom, which comes straight out of our homes, which is just our heartbeat and outreach. It's everything that we talk and do. But really, the whole idea of outreach is taking the seven keys to freedom that we use in our homes to help the girls overcome and move forward. That is a part of our freedom experience. It is a part of our Empower workshops. It's also now going to be a part of our Mercy Talk podcast for the next couple weeks. So feel free to tune back in with us in August and we will see you then. 